welcome to the Transatlantic Theater Podcast. I'm your host, Oscar Reese Freeman, uh, and Marcos is not here today. Uh, still, he's still doing some stuff and a little busy. So I've got with me, uh, if you want to introduce yourself. Hey, this is Roger Freeman, the brother of this person. The brother of this person. Yeah, well done. Um, yep. Yeah. Yep. And uh, today is yeah, when we lose all credibility as a movie podcast. Um, cause we're going to talk about, uh, do you want to introduce the movie since you suggested it? Listen, it is a movie still. I don't know why you're saying you're losing credibility just cause it isn't some, you know, high foreign film just to, doesn't mean that it is a, not a good movie. Yeah. Um, but we are going to be discussing Mrs. Doubtfire. <laughs> yep. That's the one. Um, Jeez. It seemed like it's such a horrible film. It was just, I mean, listen, we, we've definitely talked about worse films, um, but it was just, it's just funny because it's like, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's a silly teen, or it's a silly kids comedy from the 90s. Um, excuse you. Yeah. This is something I'm going to end up discussing in this thing because it is way more than, it is not a children's comedy movie. It is a very dark and sad movie. Oh yeah, no, it's super, it's super dark and pretty sad. Yeah. So I don't know why I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Um, no, I was actually discussing I discussed this movie for maybe a hot second with someone yesterday. So um, as I was telling you, I'll give sort of a mm-hmm. precursor to this. Um, since moving to this new state, I've been trying to make new friends and all that jazz. And there is uh, a friend of mine that I've recently made who is actually a filmmaker, not like super you know intense, but is like was making films in Los Angeles because he lived in. Ironically, he lived in. Los Angeles, like we did, uh, but he lived way more like in depth, mm-hmm. like Los Angeles. Like he kept saying, "Oh, did you go to like Venice and blah blah blah?" And I'm like, "I." He's like, "Oh, there's this cool pizza place on like this street and this street." I'm like, "I know what you're talking about, but there's I never went that way." And if it was, it was like a big deal that we went to like Hollywood. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, I discussed this movie a little bit with him, and he was just saying that obviously it is a lot more intense than you remember it as a kid because as a kid you just think of that movie as just or like you said yeah. it's a so kids, kind of comedy. kids comedy yeah but it is but a, as, a lot more intense yeah yeah and it was only a few years ago that i like really i watched this movie again just popped it in i was mm-hmm. like why not i haven't seen it in years and i went oh my god this yeah. movie is depressing and sad and yeah it's just it was very very dark yeah um, I like how I I think this is the first time I've ever gotten the smoking joke at the beginning. Smoking joke. Yeah, we're like uh, he he's he's like complaining about the fact that smoking's bad for you, and like it's just a room full of smokers that he's trying to convince. And like all yeah, yeah. this is the wrong crowd to be able to yeah. do this. With. Um, and I like I don't think I ever clicked that like as a kid, like I was just like. They just looked uninterested, and I was like, oh, they just don't care what he says. <laughs> yeah. It was, yeah, that's very fair. Um, I don't know. It was so weird. I Honestly, for some weird reason, too, there's just certain parts of this movie that I, like, thought about, and I'm like, I don't know, like, how it made sense. Not like how it made sense, but just, like, I don't know. For some weird reason, and I don't – I have no idea why, but her – like, his name being Daniel, for some weird reason – doesn't work for me i don't know why yeah i mean he doesn't like, really look like a daniel he looks like, more like every a euphigenia <laughs> yes exactly uh but no like every time sally field kept like saying it i was just like i don't yeah don't. the same way i guess when you look at her i wouldn't consider her a miranda either. yeah she doesn't really look like a miranda um so i don't know why i kept thinking i, mean, I kept thinking her name was i i'm gonna fucking this is so lame i kept thinking her name was nora from fucking I mean, brothers and sisters yeah but see like she looks like she a, looks like, like a nora you look at her and you're like if she was like my name's nora you'd be like of course it is yeah hi nora How yeah you doing <laughs> now i'm trying to think of other robin williams movies that he's been i mean i if i'm being fair i also am not going to be like i look at him and i don't think he looks like a peter either so what for peter pan Yes. Yeah. First of all, the movie is called Hook, not Peter Pan. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, okay. I'm trying to remember what his name is in uh, Good Will Hunting. But I feel like I've, I've... I feel like he kind of just plays Robin Williams. So, like, who knows? Let's see. Oh, his name is Sean. Yeah. I can't... Uh, what is that movie that he was in where he was, like, an adult, but was, like, a seven-year-old, eight-year-old kid? Jumanji? 
No. <laughs> Not that one. It's, uh, don't you remember? There's that movie about uh, he, oh, what, what, I, can't, I can't like how to describe it. He was like hidden from a bunch of people all the time because he like basically grew oh, up to fuck, be. fuck, yeah. Okay. It was, yeah, he had like a disorder that made him grow too quickly. Yeah, it was kind of like Benjamin Button, but backwards. Yeah, he was, like, aging too quickly. So, like, he, by the time he was, like, 10, uh, I think I found it right now. It's called Jack. There we go. Yeah. See, I can't. He looks like a Jack. Yeah, he like, looks like a Jack, him. yeah. I can see that. I can see a Jack. Yeah. So, yeah, anyways, him just being called Daniel was, like, a lot for me. And Diane um, Lane what? was his mom. Okay. Interesting. Yep, I remember that. Yeah. Oh, I do remember that. Oh, that's wild. Anyways. Um, the thing with, um, I was talking to my friend about this too, with this movie is it's also important to know that like, this is the, it's like also LGBT representation in this movie as well. Yeah. With his, not, uh, like his brothers, well, not, just that, not just the brothers, but like, this is also representation of drag in general. Yeah, I guess. Um, and, like, I, I fucking laughed so hard because it never clocked to me. This joke never clocked to me when I was a kid that he referred to. Um, he was like, uh, uh, Uncle Terry and Aunt Jack. Oh, <laughs> and I was yeah, like, just the Aunt Jack fucking made me lose it laughing. Like, I was just laughing so hard for that. Because, like, you see um, that guy and you could see him be like, I'm Aunt Jack. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of the other ones. Cause like, and that's the other thing too, is like him like doing all the different, I mean, I know that was him just trying to find yeah. a way to just be with different characters, but that's another thing too, is just giving, like doing all of, um, the different characters though. What I think I'm trying to think of the, well, other the ones. thing that I kind of didn't like about, uh, more or less like his, his job and also like his brother was it's, it's just typical, like, 90 even no well even movies now have this problem it's like we're we're gonna not set in in la because everyone is tired of la and they're like should we give them jobs that aren't outside that are outside of the movie industry and they're like no no still give them those jobs (laughs) still make him a voice actor and his brother's a makeup artist for the movie industry like yeah but they live in san francisco that's kind of far away from that no no, that's fine just give them those jobs (laughs) i mean i guess it's yeah um yeah i just um like oh so you, like i said the movie's just really really depressing really really sad yeah um and that the fact that he's just doing it he like does all of this just because he wants to see his kids mm-hmm. which i don't understand i mean i like listening to the judge's ruling in the beginning it made sense like why he got the ruling yeah. that he did that's the thing like, is it, it was it was impatience on his part in a sense yeah and uh, he i mean you understand like when he said 90 days i was like that's short but it's also like i can imagine it being a long time to feel like it feels like a long time but that's that's not that bad yeah well uh, to be fair he's like in in reality if miranda really wanted to she could give him more time like in the end of the movie we see that she has the power to do that she just chose not to and so on miranda's end she's just really vindictive yeah that's my biggest kind of problem with the film um is and i get there's a little bit of the aspect of they're trying to give her like growth i guess um but um like they they make her too mean in the beginning yeah like i get and i get it because like by the end you realize that it's they like i was because at first i was like fuck me they're making her wait she's such a bitch like she's horrific um yeah but then by the end it's like she's you know she's grown and she's learned to like have this uh the spontaneity and the fun and like learn to step a little bit out of her shell and and be the kind of person that allows herself to to live life a bit more and so i guess they wanted to just have the contrast by making her so by the book before um but it it was to the fault of where you just go like i don't even see how these two people would have ever gotten married yeah and that's why because i'm trying to because it would make sense I guess so that's our uh, when she explains how long they've been trying. Mm-hmm. And so basically they had the kids as a way to save their marriage. You think? Well, the daughter is she has to be about like 14. fifteen or fourteen, yeah. And yeah. I thought when so, she said we've been trying for fifteen years, I assumed they meant like their whole t- I thought she meant like the whole time. The whole time? The whole time. <laughs> 
Um, I mean, you also could think that too. Is like we don't know the history of them. Maybe they just were like they were having fun in the beginning. Nothing was going to be serious, and then they ended up. I mean, again, by that point, it would have been the eighties. Mm-hmm. You know, Nancy Reagan. She would have told you get married. Probably would have been seventy five. 15 years before when this movie came out? I want to say, I thought it was mid-90s. Was it? Uh, Let me look my hand. So, let's start with the main things that I noticed. Um, 1993. Yeah, 1993. So, 15 years before this would have been 70, 74. Oh, well. Or, you sorry, know, se- 78. Yeah. I mean, again, Nixon slash Johnson slash Reagan. You never know. Just are you just naming Republicans you don't like and just like that's the reason? <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying I don't like them. I'm saying that they're conservative. Yeah. You know, the conservative agendas of you knock somebody up, you get married. Yeah. Um. But uh, I, I, so the main things that I noticed were uh, directed by Chris Columbus, which is never a good sign. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. He's made. I mean, you and I liked the first Percy Jackson movie. But something that that, the, that he does in that one that I realize, especially now, and it's it's a problem in this. It's a problem in uh, the Percy Jackson movie. It's a problem in every other Chris Columbus film I've seen, bar like I'd say some of the Harry Potter movies. But when you think about it, the Harry Potter, the first Harry Potter films do suffer from this as well. And the fact that John Williams did a good job with it is impressive, which is any Christopher, uh, Christopher Columbus has the same setup for every scene it's a slight pan from like a fucking wall or something onto the characters they do the scene and then music cues and it cuts the next scene where it's panning to the actors to do something else and then cue music cue music cue music it's every scene ends with a cue between music mm-hmm. and this movie is that 100 percent. there's not a i don't think i saw a single scene transition that didn't involve uh like music playing with the little whimsical like which that was the other thing that I thought was interesting. Howard Shore made the uh, uh, soundtrack to this, and it was really boring, which was shocking because he wrote the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> well, I mean, this is—I mean, you're also—it's a you're comparing, child's you're comparing, comedy film. Yeah, I was like, you're comparing a child's comedy film to like an epic fantasy film. Yeah, like you—you you really can't make the difference. You say the that, one- but Alan Silvestri. Back to the Future, amazing. Alan Silvestri, The Avengers, amazing. He just keeps it up. Just but keeps it up again, at, at that bar. <laughs> okay, but hold up. But Back to the Future is a huge action adventure movie, as is. What was the other one you mentioned? Avengers. Avengers. Avengers yeah. is a huge. You're like action. that. That movie. Oh yeah, forgot about that. One. <laughs> forgot it exists. No, no, I, no, I, I knew you said another big one. I just couldn't. Yeah. I was the reason my mind was going to like Star Wars. I'm like, no, that's John Williams. Why am I thinking of? Anyways, point is, is that you're com- like you're comparing like easy, easily comparable movies, mm-hmm. as opposed to Mrs. Sapphire. Yeah, okay, I get that a little bit. I just when I saw his name at the beginning, I was like, oh, I'm I'm so ready to like experience this movie in a whole new way because obviously as a kid, I I didn't appreciate the score of the film and I didn't think about that and I didn't know who Howard Shore was, so I was like, okay, well, I'm looking forward to this aspect, and it was just a bit like cookie cutter, so. I will say one thing music-wise, since we're on the topic of that. Mm-hmm. The only song that really stands out to me, obviously, is Dude Looks Like a Lady. Really? Because the song that jumps out to me is, funny enough, called Jump. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I guess. That was, like, my first was... exposure to, like, West Coast rap. Uh, well, that the re- movie okay, so that the scene. Why, <laughs> the reason why I bring up Dude Looks Like a Lady yeah. is just the song is in a... Like, I mean, I get what it's doing, but, like... I had this discussion with someone like a long time ago about mm-hmm. that song in particular, and they're like, "That song doesn't fit in that movie." No, they're like they're like they get what like the the point of it. Yes, is like oh the like Robin Williams looks like a lady. Like yes, ha ha ha. But they're like, but the point of the song is that the dude is so like feminine that he looks like a lady. Yeah, like it doesn't. It's not about someone dressing up to be that. It's about someone just as super feminine looking yeah. that a guy is confused and thinks that it's a woman. Yeah. Um, so they're like that song doesn't fit. No, it, it doesn't. The title, or the lyric fits. In they they saw that. the title and they went, "That's it. That's all. That's enough. We're good. We're, good. We're yeah, happy. Right. We're happy with that." 
Yeah, which means they went through all of that trouble to get that song in licensing just yeah. for that one guy. Like, and because the song doesn't even last that long. The song lasts for what? Oh, I take that back. No, the song it is goes like, on for because it's the whole montage of him like cooking and cleaning and stuff like that. Yeah, and getting the getting his job together and all. So yeah. like, it makes sense. But like, I'm like, you went through all that trouble. Yeah. Just for that. That I remember uh, being yelled at by our mother so much in my childhood because every time I'd vacuum, I'd try and do that that thing where like I'd throw it at the floor and then pull it up by the cord. <laughs> I mean, I did that maybe once or twice, and I just learned I couldn't do it. Uh, I so, never stopped trying. <laughs> you know what? Persistence and you know what? Strive for your dreams. Yeah, Keep going yeah for you know it. what I did. You did, and you know some dreams are just not meant to be accomplished. Wow! Ouch. Well, his mom goes going, that's a very exp expensive vacuum. Please don't do that. I mean, we had one vacuum that was very expensive. The other ones, eh, not so much. Yeah. And the one that literally hurt and was like a huge thing to carry. And if it hit you by your ankles or your feet when you were vacuuming, like, goddamn. Yeah, 100%. There was that, what was it? It was like a curb, I thought I should mention brands, but it was like Kirby vacuum. That was the one? Yes. That was the expensive the one? Only why, they were yes, real the only reason why. The only reason why. Yes. Oh, mom loved that vacuum. And then she would, I remember her always being mad in case I like broke it or she's actually, I remember she said that I always broke the vacuums, which I'm like, I didn't, but you know, no, oh, well. I probably, it was probably me fucking trying to do that trick with the fucking from Mrs. Doubtfire. I was, uh, but yeah, uh, speaking of it was, I'm looking at the DVD cover right now mm -hmm. and, um, it's got Robin Williams doing the, um, what's it called? It's that same scene, but it's with the broom as a guitar. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I can remember that. Yeah, no, that was, uh, I remember, I can't remember how long ago it was. I, it has to have been maybe like a year or two ago that it was like the twenty, like 25th, I think, anniversary of this movie. Something like that. I can't remember. But anyways, it was pretty recent that I started watching these interviews of them. And the kids just, or the child actors now you know way older mm -hmm. yeah. um we're just talking about how much they like loved robin williams on set and that yeah. he like just the fact that he always just kept making everybody laugh which was true of everything that they said i do remember them showing that there were like points that robin williams just like still went off the cuff and still was cursing like a storm yeah <laughs> and i'm like that's also just robin williams in yeah. general but 100 um, apparently um yeah. the older daughter she's like a yoga teacher now <laughs> That's all she does. I mean, I mean, uh, I don't remember her name, but I mean, obviously, she's a huge child star in the day with like Matilda and yeah. Oh, Mrs. The, yeah, yeah. Um, where's Summer? Mara Wilson. I don't like. I know she doesn't do anything, but I think she's yeah. like got enough money, but she just like sits there and is like, it's yeah. fine. Well, she had like a terrible childhood, didn't she? <laughs> I don't know. Because like at uh, this point, Dan, uh, uh, what's his name? Really short dude from Always Sunny. The old guy. Danny, Danny DeVito. DeVito. Yeah, he like took her in when she was like a kid because her parents were like terrible. Um, I mean, I believe it. A oh lot my of God, her stars. cousin is Ben Shapiro. <laughs> oh, I, the name sounds familiar. I don't remember who He's Ben Shapiro is. He's a right wing talk show person. Ah, uh, gotcha. I was like, the name sounds really familiar. Why? It's probably because The View has talked about him. Wow, apparently. Oh, look at that. Wilson is cousin to conservative pol political commentator and media host Ben Shapiro. Wilson, who is a progressive, has stated in public interviews that she has disavowed Shapiro for his political views and the two no longer interact. Wow. Oh, there you go. You know, don't piss off the the child actor. Yeah. Uh, yeah, don't. Yeah. Um, um, but yeah. Uh, I think I'm looking, trying to see what what's going on here with like what she does now and like what she's she's doing. But I, I, I it's hard to read and talk at the same time, so I won't. You know, it's fine. She's whew, excuse me. She, um, I mean, just at the end, she doesn't act really anymore. I think if she does, I think I've heard interviews that she just does like theater. Like if she does act, yeah, which always tends tends to be the case for like actors who are like, I want to really take on the craft, so I've turned to acting. In Shakespeare. Well, what's really funny, actually, that was I watched a perfect I, accent. I've, you know that perfect accent. <laughs> yeah, you know it was perfect. Yep, you're right. Uh, even though we, you really don't know what she sounds like anymore. She actually has that deep. Um, what does she sound? She sounds like um, I know a writer. Really? Okay. 
Yeah. Yeah. Like, just picture when I know the writer's voice and, like, put that on that child actor, and that's what she sounds like now. Okay. Interesting. Um, but anyways, I've been watching, or I used, I always just watch the actors on actors interviews where, mm-hmm. you know, they, you know, the actors just interview each other yeah. and all that jazz. So I watched one, um, Scarlett Johansson and Chris Evans. Okay. And it was, it wasn't obviously like they talked like a millisecond about Avengers, but it was because they were doing, um, it was for her when she did marriage story mm-hmm. and him when he did knives out okay and so they were talking about it and he basically was like he always just wants to be challenged and everything yeah so he decided to go do theater and he was like never again like never again he's like i thought theater would be easier because you always do the same thing over and over again and like you just really know your character because you're doing blah blah he's like no it's different every single performance and i'm like yeah that's the point of theater yeah. Like how does like how is someone who's that's like a big actor? That's what so many people have told me as like the selling point for theater. They're like the one time you go, that's the only time you'll anyone will have ever experienced that version of that play. And I'm like, okay, cool. Like that's not really what I want from a play, but okay. <laughs> I mean, the only reason why that happens is because like sometimes, which mm-hmm. I made this mistake. I was very young. I was I you were I mean I know you were in the audience for it but it was just my fault for not picking up on it. Mm-hmm. So when I did that not charity play but like basically they built a play around like our conversations that we had about like diversity and blah blah blah. blah. And so I memorized everybody like obviously I memorized the lines of myself but like I had to memorize I memorized like the people right before me so that way I could pick up you, on the lines. Like, oh, so, it's on my way. Okay, got it. <laughs> yeah. So I did that. The girl that was supposed to say her line before me, she choked. Okay. And she didn't say her line at all. And I was like, in my head, I'm like, I'm, I should I say her line to make it make sense? But the, but I'm not supposed to say her line. Like, but what, so like, and it was like a five like a five second delay because she just like kept looking around like I don't know what to say. And then like she didn't even look at me. She just like stared forward. And then I made the choice to not say her line and just say mine. And my line made no sense in context of the first person, the last person's like, they li- line. Yeah. The mine made no sense. And so I just made the choice, did it. And then they were like, you should have just said her line. I was like, I didn't know. Yeah. It was just like somebody was like, what should we do about global warming? And you were like, yes, I would love some orange juice. <laughs> yes, it was basically like that. I just, oh, I was, I felt so bad because I was like, I knew I should have made the choice to just do yeah. it, but I didn't. But again, I mean, that was a one-time performance. It was never done again. Yeah. And so that, Thank that God, version. Sure. <laughs> hey, listen, I did. I sang in that, so don't even. Okay. Is that the thing you put up uh, on Facebook a while back where you were like, oh, it's the one time I was I like got to perform singing on stage in front of all sorts of people? Yes. I remember. I saw that. Where, I was like, oh, look at that. Where, what's funny enough, though, is people were like, the amount of people that said, the hair, though. Yeah. Well... Yeah, your hair wasn't that bad. I mean, it was just like, it was long for me, but it was like basically what you had. But I had to explain to people that we didn't get haircuts that often. Yeah, I I had to tell that people, people think that's weird all the time because I still don't get haircuts very often. I get haircuts constantly. Really? I get a haircut, I get haircut like haircut. once every three to four months. Well, it wasn't, or excuse me. Woo. Not as excessive as it was when I was in California. In California, I was getting it every two weeks. Yeah, there's that's the thing. Is that's what I hear all like most of the people I know, most of the guys I know, get haircuts every yeah. two weeks. And I'm like, fucking why? I'm like, well, I mean, depending on your hairstyle, like mine, like I have to, otherwise it gets too poofy. Okay. And it just have like a cotton ball on the side of all my head. Yeah, I mean, I, I have the same hair, but I just go, I look like a cotton ball. And that's my thing. <laughs> cotton ball Joe, that's me. Oh my god! I don't know. I'm I'm ignoring it because that's problematic. Cotton Ball Joe? No, what it's referencing. What is it? What is it referencing? Oh, do you not know Cotton Eye Joe? I know the song Cotton Eye Joe, but I just thought the song is about um, a guy who they're not really sure where he came from or where he went. Um, And yeah, something something Cotton Eye Joe. Um, it's about slavery. Is it really? 
Yes, because I mean, they're saying they're saying cotton, so it's going to have some kind of connotation to it. So, <laughs> yeah, so they're saying, where did he go? Where did my slave go? Oh, fucking hell. <laughs> that's horrendous. <laughs> Imagine writing a that's... song about that. Imagine being like, ah, oh, fuck. All my all my free manual labor is gone. Better write a song. <laughs> so that's what the song's about. That's why, like, I found that out. And I was Where like, did oh, you come did... from? Holy shit. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Got it. I'm getting it. It's pit- It's All the pieces are fitting together now. Yeah. So it's a very problematic song. That's why you said that. I'm like, okay, at least you didn't say Cotton Eye Joe. Yeah. You just said whatever. But, you know, now you know. Well. Oh, Christ. <laughs> <laughs> what a what a world we live in um yeah what was i gonna oh yeah so can i make my biggest complaint about this film go for it let's change the subject yeah we'll change please. the subject slightly we'll change it just a little bit well first off hold on so going back really quickly back going back to haircuts so i mean the fact that i get haircuts like four three or four months maybe even like five months apart um is still like crazy to me but that's because i like since i since i was like 12 I just got a very short haircut and then grew it out to where it touched my nipples and then haircut and then grew it, haircut, grew it, haircut, grew it. So I I didn't get haircuts for like two years in between each other, mm-hmm. if not longer. And that's what I'm used to. So like the idea yeah. I get five months apart is like, I'm like, oh, that's, whew. can I afford that? Like, <laughs> Yeah, that's fair. I did, uh, I just, I mean, I guess speaking on to that really fast. First of all, there's a, like, just as a joke, people will say for, like, um, oh, 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 my God. They will say, oh, that when gay men get their hair cut, that their gay powers reactivate. <laughs> okay. So, it's a, it was, it's a running joke. Something should have, uh, somebody should have said that to uh, fucking uh, Ron Williams' brother in this movie. I forget what, he's a famous actor. I just never remember his name. I don't, oh, God. Um, he's... Feinstein, something Feinstein. Um, because I remember I yeah, got Harvey really, Firestein. I, there we go. Um, fun fact with Harvey Firestein is he originated the role of the mom in Hairspray on Broadway. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's a channel I watch on YouTube called Matt Bomb. Um, and he just talked, he talks about a queer kind of culture on TV. Um, Mm -hmm. and he talks about him a lot, obviously for some reason, like when he shows him on TV and stuff like that, but he just talks about like, he talks about like shows from like the eighties and nineties and like the, uh, the gay episode and like, just kind of talks about them and like the people behind it. And then like, even he talked about a, a Star Trek, uh, people in Star Trek who it was like very clear that they were like, or not very clear, but like there was really subtle hints that they were like really into each other. These two guys. Um, yeah. And apparently like it goes so deep as to like the actors wanted it. The writers wanted it. Like everybody was like, yeah, we, we like wrote them this way, but like just there was one producer who just wouldn't let it happen. And so like, it was just, it was just kind of like always there. And that subtext was just there all the time. And uh just never got to, never got to happen, which is, yeah. Yeah. Upsetting. That's wild. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So. Um, okay. Oh, yeah. So what I don't like about this film, the thing that really pisses yeah. me off, is I really don't like the. Um, ooh, he, oh, isn't this so wacky? He's got to fucking switch between the two like that stuff. It just pisses me off. I don't find it entertaining. I just kind of find it annoying because it just presents impossible, stupid situations where you have to just kind of go, I guess I'm just watching this until they find out. Because that's the scene. That's always the scene is, I'm watching this until they find out. I mean, yeah. So, like, the dinner scene, I I mean, unless they're, I mean, they were drinking them fast, but if they, even if they were downing those scotches, the amount of time, he had, like, three scotches in front of him. So, like, and then they were, he was handing him the fourth, and he's like, oh, I gotta go change, because, like, they were looking upset that, they were waiting on Mrs. Doubtfire to order, and I was like, "They've she's definitely been like twenty to thirty minutes." Like, order your food. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, but I mean, in the end, they're also. I mean, if you think about it, they're concerned about an old lady. Why is the old lady taking twenty thirty minutes in the bathroom? Why isn't any of the? Why isn't uh, fucking Nora? 
<laughs> why, why isn't Miranda like getting up and going to the toilet? Be like, oh, no, give me a second. I'm going to go to the ladies' room. I'll see what's going on. I feel like it's probably because the kids are like, hey, no, the, she's fine. Like, trust us. She's fine. I get that's another thing. Um, the kids find out, and then that is just never really referenced or important to the plot. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I There's feel like it is. There's one scene where, like, Mrs. Doubtfire says something, and then, like, it's the pool scene, and, like, the, the, the two older kids, like, look at each other, like, giggle, and that is it. That is the only other time that it is referenced that they are aware that their father is in this outfit. I mean, I guess. I also think it's just... The point of the movie is mostly about the adults, not so much the yeah, kids. Yeah, no, that, and I think I realize that now. Like as a, as an adult, as a kid, I always thought the movie was more about them. <laughs> but that's probably because I identified as them. And holy shit, the the that fucking dude, his like his outfits were just, just hitting me right in the nineties <laughs> too much. I fucking hated it. I was like, every time he showed up, I was like, oh fuck me, this fashion was so shit. <laughs> Pierce Brosnan's outfits? No, no, no. I'm talking about the the son. Uh, Pierce Brosnan had some oh, decent yeah, suits. Yeah, yeah. Um, whatever his name, something yeah. Lawrence. Pierce Brosnan had good suits. The only thing was they were just emblematic of the time, late uh, late 80s, early 90s. The lapel length uh, of like when they separate was quite low, which was just a style of the time. And I don't think that it looks terrible, but it's just definitely something that if I wore now would look a little dated. Yeah, I'm trying to think what because like obviously these movies are a testament to the big actors of the time. Yeah. So, like, it makes sense why Robin Williams was in that movie, because It makes he, sense why like, Pierce Brosnan's there, because this is just it, after Goldeneye, I think. Double O. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, and then the other thing, I mean, Sally Field, I don't think at that point was huge, but... She, oh, no, she was coming off of the 80s. She was still really big from the 80s. What did she do in the 70s. 80s? <laughs> do you not remember Mom's big thing? Like, she loved Sally Field for her role as Gidget or whatever? Oh, yeah, I remember her saying Gidget also. Like, yeah. yeah, so like, I think Gidget was like the 70s. I think the only thing 80s. I can remember her from where she's young is is Smokey and the Bandit. That's about it. That too. Yeah. But I, I think Smokey and the Bandit is the 70s then still. I so like, is, in the yeah. end, Sally Field though is just like, she's a staple. Mm-hmm. Like, because of that. So like, no matter what, you can just yeah. put her in it, it'll work. But uh, um, Pierce Brosnan, he like, it was weird seeing him in this movie just because I kind of always picture him as old and like of course I pictured him as old when I was a kid watching this movie and so like he did that thing where he kept being the same age gap between me weird how time works um so like I always just like I think of Pierce Brosnan as like how he looks now and then seeing him like you know in his like mid-30s in this movie I was like oh yeah actually he looks like a young fit man but the thing that I thought was odd was just he was he was fit but like he wasn't buff like he was just like really slim yeah which i mean i mean back then that's that that's kind of the thing we're now used to the the quote-unquote marvel body where it's like you're a huge muscle thick dude yeah whereas back then like your idea of fit was just a slim um not slim what is the word i'm looking for toned just a tone yeah you're like toned um lean muscle as opposed to thick as opposed to chris hemsworth (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Which uh, I I am surprised Chris Hemsworth's body has not like decayed on him already. Why? Have you not seen what he did? Like between like there was a so basically he's put his body through hell. How so? Because like, so obviously getting big and whatever yeah. like that's a big adjustment to do that. But I think it was after I'm pretty sure it was after Dark World that he did this. There was a movie that he had to play a man who literally was like skin and bones. Mm-hmm. So he went from Thor body, yeah. let it all go and let himself basically like start kind of like Anne Hathaway when she did Les Mis. Yeah. And so lost all that. And then within like another six months after that, he's like, okay, I have to get ready for Ragnarok. Or I don't, no, 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 it wasn't Ragnarok. It was um, um, Age of Ultron. What movie? Oh, I'm looking to see if I can find this because I don't, I don't remember this. Because the only thing I remember oh, is called Black Hat. Is that the film? I don't know. I just, I remember it being like almost like a castaway type of situation. Because he still looks pretty fucking thick in that one. Um, no. It wasn't that bad. 
He was pretty. Yeah, I'm. I'm not seeing any movie where he looks not like a, a thick boy. Hemsworth. Because like yeah, he's got. Even Cabin in the Woods, he was pretty big. It's called In the Heart of the Sea. In the, oh, I remember hearing about that movie. Where is it? In the Heart of the Sea. Oh, and Chase. And that was so. That was after yes, yeah, uh, Ultron. That was after Avengers. It was so either then, after Avengers or it was after Dark World. I can't remember. It was well. It was after Avengers, apparently, or at least coming out. You never know when they fucking filmed it. So yeah, yeah. So like, but he, I mean, you can now see it. Like he is like nothing but skin and bones. I mean, he looks normal in these photos. <sighs> but I literally just saw it where he literally. Looks... Okay, no, no, I see it now. I'm seeing it now. Okay. Okay, there we go. Yeah, he looks fucking tiny as fuck. His it, like yeah. his head now looks big because it's like his head kept being the same size, but his body got yeah. really tiny. <laughs> so that's why I'm like, if you look at it, it's crazy that like that's why i said his i'm surprised his body hasn't just like yeah because now he like yes he loves doing thor and all that stuff like he had to do it again yeah for for love and thunder i mean and so, yeah i mean uh, christian bale did that yeah so again also i mean christian bale also got himself like super buff for what is it um uh, super buff for Batman, super skinny for another role, and then a, a super fat, and then super fat mm. for American Hustle. Yeah, and then even so no, that, well, American Hustle, he got. I think some of that was still like makeup and stuff. The one where he got really fat was where he played Dick Cheney. He like actually got himself to that weight because uh, you so can see like that, in American Hustle, like it's not really carried in his face. Whereas like in in America in a uh, in. Uh, Vice, it's it. You can see the the weight carried in his face the way that like you do when you get quite big. Yeah, it's just it's wild. Yeah, like, no, it's, it's it's crazy. At the end of the day, if I get if I mean, granted, I I don't know what it's like to be an actor who's you know not starving for work because we're talking about people who are who at this point in their careers what we're talking about they've made it. Um, but I would I'd be like if I got a call they were like oh. We need you to play a, a 250 pound muscle man. I'd be like, you've called the wrong person. Like, cause that's, I don't know if you've seen me, but I look like Gumpy. So, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that was why Tom Hiddleston didn't get Thor. Yeah. That's why he got Loki. Cause can they, I hear they... a weird, uh, run a weird complaint by you that I've heard hmm. uh, about the, cause I haven't watched Loki yet, but I heard a weird complaint that I thought, but from the clips I've seen, it makes sense. Because um, apparently there was a lot of talk when Thor first ended, or when For- Thor first came out, for Hiddleston to be uh, like a lot of fans wanted him to play Doctor Who, and then they right. went Loki is just Marvel went let's just give him a Doctor Who show but don't call it that. Uh, I mean it's got it's got elements of Doctor Who, but yeah. it is he. Not like he—he's not Doctor Who by any means. Like they mean all. more of also in the character of like the quickie, the quippy, fast-talking guy who's like in charge and kind of figured everything out way before everybody else, and is just like messing with them. Uh, you know what? I will. Okay, let's I'll, let's say this: okay. the first three episodes are like of Loki could definitely be Doctor Who-ish inspired. Okay, and then after that is pretty Marvel. Okay. Yeah, I've I've seen I've still not watched it. I'm I'm in the camp of I watched Endgame and I went ah what a satisfying conclusion. Thank you. Bye now. And they were like, no, we're making more. And I went, no, no, no. bye now. They're like, no, we're. Sa-. I was like, no, nah. bye. To be fair, um, Loki definitely like the. I'm not again. I'm not going to spoil anything, especially since yeah. who knows whoever's listening to your podcast might have not seen it either. Um, the ending of it basically does open up the Marvel world to be like it could literally be anything now, okay. like anything. Okay. So that's I think that's a little, what's more exciting is like yes, like Marvel was really grounded and that's what made it work in the beginning of like there's I mean there is still an explanation, but at least for Loki they also explain the idea of why of like that time crap that they were trying to explain with the ancient one okay which to also be fair 
the ancient one, like people are now making comparisons with the ancient one to like Loki and like her involvement with stuff and all that. Like not saying she's in Loki. It's just yeah. people are making things that she has said from Endgame and Doctor Strange. I'm happy you put Tilda. If you yeah. if you told me uh, we've made a new Marvel thing and Tilda Swinton's in it, I'd watch it then because I love Tilda Swinton. So. I mean, you know, she. I have a feeling she might come back just because, like, Doctor Strange in general, like, he has to do something. Yeah, well, we'll see. But, uh, no, because she's, uh fucking love, I love, I love Tilsman. Great, great. Yeah, well, they finally finished, uh, they finally finished Multiverse of Madness. Okay, like, like about, filming? Fin- principal yeah. photography? Yeah, like, yeah, they finished it, like, a couple months ago. Okay, cool. Elizabeth Olsen can finally go home. Who? Elizabeth Olsen. Oh, was she doing like? Did she just like film one after the other? Yeah, she filmed wow. WandaVision and shipped her over to London to go to Doctor Strange. Jesus. So she's been in London for the past like year and a half. That's nuts. Yeah, and it's mostly because she said like they had to put her in lockdown because lockdown oh, just kept yeah. happening. London. Yeah, that's true. That, that probably so they would like. Yeah, they would like film and then lockdown would happen and then yeah. they'd get back up to the film again and then lockdown would happen again. Yeah. I don't know. That's weird. Um, do you have anything else that you want to say about yeah. Mrs. Doubtfire? Do you have any real pressing thoughts? Any things that you want to spread into the world? Um, no, I mean, like I said, I really like the. I mean, I like this movie for what it is. Um, that's kind of, I guess, the nostalgia factor is obviously going to put rose colored glasses on things. I'm not saying it's a perfect film by any means. I'm not saying that it is like the pinnacle of like cinema, but I mean it's a good it's a good time if you okay. want to put something off that's like chill in the back or go do stuff while this is playing in the background. Yeah. If you haven't watched it in a really really long time and you just want to yeah. catch up on it, I think it's a it's a good time. That's fair enough. Do you do you have a score out of ten? Um, I will give it. I'm trying to be realistic here. I mean, I, wasn't, I wasn't really going to give it like a 10 out of 10. But yeah, like, how dare you? Uh, <laughs> I will probably give it like a 7 out of 10. Okay. It's a That's um, pretty high, but okay. What, are you going to give it like a 1.5? No, I'm going to give it a 5 out of 10. It's all right. All right. Well, I mean, you gave it an F, so... That's yeah. this isn't that's not how so first off school fucking is <laughs> stupid as shit so I don't like it and there's no it doesn't make any sense why I would give it if it's a middle of the road movie why I would give it more than the middle of the two values I'm joking calm down no you're very you've heated. triggered me <laughs> you're very heated excuse me you're talking to a person who's also going back to be teaching again yeah and also have an education so. Yeah, check so yourself. School's really stupid. <laughs> if you want to know more about it, you should listen to my other podcast uh, with Marcos, which was I think it was the last one that we did was uh, I killed I killed my mother, which is a movie I've recommended to you before, um, and it, it's me just fucking screaming about how I hated school. <laughs> so, anyways, um, but yeah, that's that's how I feel about Mrs. Doubtfire. I think like I said, five out of ten. I think Robin Williams does a really good job, especially during the like kind of heartfelt scenes. Um, there is like pain in his voice and shit like that, and that's that's like very like his both scenes of him in the courtroom where he's like trying to convince the judge. The only thing that I mm. uh, they're good. The only thing I have criticism against them is they they both feel exactly the same. Like it feels like they filmed them on the fucking same day. <laughs> yeah, like they filmed them on the same day, and then he was just like. What's uh what what what? How should I react in this one? And he's just like, ah, just do what you did last time. It was a good good take. Do it again. But this time, it's like nine months later. <laughs> yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. So also, Robin Williams' haircut in that movie is just atrocious. Like, what what's happening <laughs> with his hair? It's a '90s haircut. Ah, fucking '90s man. <laughs> do you do you know what's crazy? The '90s what? was thirty years ago. That just yeah, seems weird to me. Him. It's just weird. I mean, I, um, I'm telling a man who's 30. <laughs> yeah, you're telling a man who is turning 30 in like less than two weeks yeah. and was 91. So yes, I'm well aware that it was 30 years ago. Yeah, but it just, I was talking to somebody today. I was like, when I was a kid, so, you know, I'd be like seven or eight years old. And I was like, or, or even 10 years old. So like, you know, 2005, 
I was like listening to like Iron Maiden stuff like that, and I was like, "Oh man, the '80s! That was 20 years ago. This album yeah, came like- out 20 years ago, and now I'm like, no, that album came out 40 years ago." <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, that was the big, I mean, it's not Iron Maiden, but like yeah. when Britney Spears was like, I'm celebrating 20 years of like this album. I was like, yeah. Britney, you can't like, stop it. I thought that photo I that about- photo I sent you was just so accurate. Of like the defining yes, moment in, in people. I was like, that's us. That was us right there. So for people who yes, uh, want context, the photo was, it was, it was like, uh, there's, uh, there's a handful of defining moments in everyone's life. Um, and then like, it just shows this like person going up to a shelf in a store and there's two options and one of them is high school musical and the other one's mcr welcome to the black parade and um yeah that's that was the dividing choices of our lives <laughs> yes very much so um but yeah it's it's wild the uh what was i gonna say well well i mean just i mean that kind of like determined most of our like you know how we feel about most music. Oh, that's what I was going to say The about the 90s. There we go. Uh, and you're going to hate me for this, but to quote a Taylor Swift lyric, she like things come back stronger like a 90s trend. <laughs> Is that that's a Taylor Swift lyric? Are 90s trends yeah. coming back often? Oh, yes. Have you not? Like, we're now past the 80 revival. We're in the 90s revival oh, now. Fuck. I don't want that. Like, the big thing now, because like even before I left to move to Florida, was like people were having like '90s night all the time, oh, or they would say, or they had. Um, I went to, I think I told you, or I've told you a bunch of times, is that guy that had all this Disneyland memorabilia, and the theme that of like the event was dress like Disney bound, which I just for context for people is where you basically you're not dressing exactly like a Disney character, but you're dressing. Like you're using the same color palettes, or like don't the they, same. They can like kick you out if you dress just dress up straight as like basically Disney yeah. cosplay. Yeah, yeah, you're not allowed to at all. Um, but anyways, he um, the theme was Disney bound, but in '90s. So like, there's someone who like dressed as like Jasmine, but as if Jasmine was like in the '90s. Yeah, I, um, I didn't want the '90s to and- exist when I was there the first time. So well, you know what else is making it? I mean, it's a '90s thing, but you know what else? Like, you know how vinyls have made a comeback? Yeah. Do you know what else has made a comeback? Um, those little devices that play about ten seconds of a song. <laughs> no, uh, but <laughs> um, cassette tapes. They're literally releasing old albums as cassette tapes. Okay, like I've, I've seen that before, though. No, but I mean, like for example, like Taylor Swift's two new albums. You can buy them as a cassette. Yeah. The cassette and wasn't really a buy, 90s thing. That was a thing in the late 70s or 80s and 90s. I mean, but I, I, people associate it more with the 90s. I think people it's like assume like A-tracks with mm-hmm. like the 80s. Okay. And like cassette tapes with like the 90s, early 2000s. And um, the friend that I was hanging out with yesterday, he showed me like one that was, you know, produced and all that from the actual like time period that it came out mm-hmm. compared to the one that came out now and it's like nothing it's flimsy it could break and then he was like the listen like yeah the new okay. one and he was like now listen to the sound quality and he had us listen to the one that was produced like in the time that it was made yeah. and the one that was made today and it was like it sounds worse than i mean vinyl it depends on which vinyl work like whatever things you get but like if you buy a vinyl record player and it's like just some regular, like the cheapest one you can get. Imagine that, but worse for a cassette yeah. tape. Yeah. So it's wild. That's weird. Cause I mean, it's, it's true. Like it's not just the old man saying like things were made better before. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's more not that things were made better before. It's if you bring something back again, if people, yeah. like, again, like, because people just Obviously, want the item, they don't want the quality. Like nobody, because exactly. they they the other answer would be, well, then listen to it on your phone. Mm-hmm. Then they don't have to focus on the quality because the thing is, just people want to have the cool Walkman. Yeah, but imagine paying twenty eight dollars mm-hmm. for this cassette tape. Yeah, that's wild. 
Yeah, like the friend with the again the friend that I was talking to, he was like, I went and I got this for five cents at a vintage store. Yeah. At least when I he's... buy like a a vinyl, like a th if I pay like thirty quid for a vinyl, it's gonna be big. I can hold it in my hands and it's fucking huge and heavy. And yeah. you open it up and you've got like different things you can pull out and there's leaflets and stuff like that and all this detail and information. Cassettes are tiny. Yeah. Why would I want to pay twenty eight pounds for a tiny cassette? There's fuck all in it. Yeah, no, definitely. I get I get all that. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Well, I'm really hoping the 90s doesn't come back here in the... Well, that being said, it barely left Wales. So, I mean, like... <laughs> Wales, probably Wales will get the 90s back in, like, you know... 2050? Uh, yeah, give it, like, a couple more years. It'll catch up with the rest of the world. Jesus. I still hear Spice Girls on a fucking... If I go through Pop World, I can hear Spice Girls on a fucking daily basis. Ridiculous. I mean, that's also, I mean, that's the Spice Girls is like legend in the UK. At least you're not hearing One Direction constantly. Yeah, well, I mean, is that why? Is that what you hear? <laughs> no, I'm just saying because One Direction is the other big. Oh, yeah, like, the other big British one. Out of the UK. I mean, the big thing that I'm just happy is like a tw the, the nightmare that was 2016, 2017, where I think I heard Despacito. At least oh, over a million. No, no, no. I know it was there as well, but like, it was that was the thing. Is like it was the, in the UK. I came and I was like, oh, it's it's here too. Okay. And then I like went on vacation to the south of France, and there was a guy on the accordion in a town square playing it, and I was like, I just want to fucking escape this song, please. Just leave me alone. Yeah, I, I get that. It's just yeah. Okay. Are you yes, uh, are you calling well. it there? Is that is that the end of your podcast? Is this all the time you have? Basically, yeah. Okay. Sorry, no, it's fine. I figured you know it's uh, it's our first time back after a little bit of a hiatus. So I thought I'd call you back for having a little chat, a little chat that uh, we could record and then throw into the internet. You know? Yeah, there you go. Sounds like a plan. Okay. Well, uh, I guess we'll see you guys next week. Um, so first off, I know that we last time said we were going to do War Dogs. I think we'll probably do that when Marcos comes back, but the next one after this is going to be hopefully me and David Lewis Garcia Jr., uh, who's been on here before twice, and he's going to join me without Marcos, and then the week after that, Marcos should be back. So we'll hopefully have uh, back to our regular scheduled Me and Marcos podcast soon enough. All right. Uh, goodbye. Bye. Bye.